0: Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. All right, I'm just going to jump in and we're going to read straight from the book and then we're going to talk about it. Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 1, it says this, After the Sabbath, at dawn... On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him. And now I have told you. It's the most amazing story, isn't it? It's just amazing. But this morning, I, I've been thinking about Easter for some weeks now. And I, I, I wonder if, if you guys might have, have had this experience the way that I quite often do, to be honest with you. I don't know if you guys have ever celebrated Easter, but at the end of Easter day, at the end of the day, come 9 o'clock tonight or 10 o'clock tonight or whenever it is that you go to bed, have you ever felt like like in your Easter celebration that you might have missed something? You might have missed something. You know that Easter is this incredibly important moment for us. It's this incredibly important spiritual moment for all of us Christians. And yet somehow, at the end of the day, our experience of Easter didn't quite rise to the level of its importance in our hearts and in our minds. I don't know if you've ever experienced that lately. We know that Resurrection Sunday, it's a history-changing event. But I want to ask you, has it changed you Lately? Has the resurrection of Christ changed you? Not, not at some point when you gave your life to Christ, but has the resurrection of Jesus, has it changed you lately? I know it's profound in the pages of scripture, but is it profound in your heart today? Is it profound in your thinking today? Is it profound even in your emotions today? Because sometimes I feel like I know that there's more happening around me in the spiritual realm. I know that, that more is going on. And yet I, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm not quite grasping it, gras, grasping it. Like I feel like I'm just like close to it, but I'm missing something. And so what I wanted to do with you guys today is I wanted to keep the resurrection story alive for you today. I want to keep your transformation story alive for you today, because for some of us, it might feel like the resurrection in some ways is old news. You've heard tens and twenties and thirties of these Easter sermons. And so maybe you're like me, maybe you feel like you get it at a certain level, but there's something missing that you're not quite, it's not quite piercing your heart. It's not quite penetrating your spirit the way that you want it to. And so if you feel like that, I have, uh, I think hope and help for us. Um, and so I wonder, guys, if possibly the reason why Easter doesn't encounter us and we don't get wrecked by this resurrection that we've experienced that Jesus, you know, gave to us, maybe we, um, are missing some of it because we have forgotten our roots. Because we've forgotten where we came from. And the problem is, is that if you don't know where you've come from, you can't appreciate where you are. If you don't know where you've come from, you can't fully appreciate what Jesus has done for you. Do you agree with me on that? Okay. I want to share with you uh, my story. Uh, and lots of you guys know this, but um, my career as a student was dismal at best. It was the worst from the very, very beginning. I started failing school as a first grader. I think I did okay in kindergarten because you got to run around, but after after the real hard academic work set in in first grade, they lost me. And so each and every year, I was completely unable to uh, to do school at all. At all. I grew up in the 70s and I was in Catholic school and they did not know what to do with me. They tried everything to help me to do okay in school and none of what they did worked because they just had no idea how to handle a Kevin Kiefer. And uh, and so each year it just got worse and worse. And so by the time I was in sixth grade, the school put its foot down and they said, we cannot pass this kid. You cannot go on to seventh grade. And uh, and so my mom and dad made the decision. They didn't want me to be held back. And so they made the decision to pull me out of St. Mary's Catholic School and to put me into the, the giant junior high school and to promote me. And that was so hard for me because my schooling, I had been with 50 kids since I was a first grader. And so uh, instead of... Being held back at 6th grade, I went on to 7th grade at Lincoln Junior High School in Kenosha, and it was so sad. It was so hard for me, such a bummer. Well, at any rate, I went on to high school, and uh, in high school, I flunked everything, just flunked everything. And so it was, I went to summer school every year. I missed a family vacation. Uh, my teachers tried to, to help me in every every way that they could, and nobody could really do anything. There was only two semesters that um, I actually had like a slightly okay, uh, uh, you know, GPA. And that was because that w- those were tennis seasons and because some teachers actually kind of gave me winking grades to help me to get on the tennis team. And so uh, by the time... Uh, all of my friends were graduating from high school, I was not ready to graduate because I didn't have enough credits. And so I got to watch my whole graduating class go on without me. And while they were having their awesome senior year summer, I was still in school. And so when I watched my friends go off to college, I had no options. I felt like I had no hope whatsoever, and so I joined the Army. That was my story. And so it was an incredibly, incredibly painful experience for me. It was an incredibly painful experience for my mom and dad. They, they sent me to counselors. They sent me to psychologists. They sent me to physical doctors. Nobody knew what to do with me, and so it was hard. And so I ended up in the military, but while I was in the Army... I gave my life to Christ. I was in such a low place. And before I got in the military, I really was having no interest in God at all. But because I was so broken and so so defeated, someone invited me into a relationship with Christ and I jumped into it with both feet. And so when I gave my life to Christ... Um, one of the first things that happened, I got myself into a church that p- believed in the power of prayer. And they prayed over me all the time. And I kept asking them to pray that God would help me to be able to do school. Like, that was my prayer. Help me to be able to do school. And so for two years, these people prayed for me for that. And, um, and lo and behold, when I got out of the Army two years later, I was able to get into a little community college in the town where my mom and dad lived. And after a year of doing community college, by the grace of God, my grades were good enough that I was able to get into Purdue University, which is where I went to college. And, um, at Purdue, I went in, or I went on and I got a uh, bachelor's degree in education and then I got a master's degree. And, uh, it, it is a complete miracle of the Lord. Um, and I, I honestly, I think that a couple of years to mature, I think a couple of years in the army and the combination of that and the prayer did something in me. Now I want you guys to know this. The reason I'm sharing this is this. There were a whole lot of people that were really happy for me when I graduated. There were a whole bunch of people that were, you know, celebrating with us that Kevin had graduated from college. Um, but I want you to know that there was no one that felt about this event the way that I did or the way that my mom and dad did. And the reason why we felt completely different about it is because we knew where I had come from. We knew how lost I was. They, my mom and dad and I remembered how many hours I would sit there at a desk and be completely unable to do anything because I had attention deficit disorder. They remember trying everything they could to help me to get good grades. They offered to buy me a car if I could just get straight C's and I didn't. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so when I got those degrees, mom and dad and I were in awe. We were shocked. We were floored. We couldn't believe that this could happen to someone like me because I was completely lost. It changed everything in the way that we saw that. Because they saw where I once was. And this morning, you guys, as we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating the reunion of God and man. We are celebrating the triumph of Jesus over sin, but not just over sin generally, not just over death generally, but over your sin and your death personally, your personal alienation from God, your personal brokenness and alienation even from one another. And so I want to talk about where you once were. I want to talk about where your life was. Paul put it this way, and I'm just going to read this one time, but I want you to just really sink your heart into this. Just focus on this with me for a little bit. And if you know me, you know that focusing can be hard. So I want to encourage you to just get into the scripture with me. Ephesians 2.12. Paul talks about remembering, and he says this. Remember. That at at that time, you, and he's talking to you and he's talking to me. Remember that at that time, you were separated from, from Christ, excluded from any relationship with him. Can you believe that there was a time in your life when you were separated from Christ and you were excluded from any kind of relationship with him at all? You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise with no share in the sacred messianic promise and without knowledge of God's agreements, having no hope in his promise and living in the world without God. That was you. You lived without God. You were strangers to him. You had no hope in his promises And Paul challenges us to remember this, to remember where we came from. And I just feel like it's so easy for us to forget where we once were because who wants to go back there anyway, right? Who wants to go back to the old, broken, messed up us when we can focus on all the amazing things that God is doing right now? I want to be Kevin Kiefer, Purdue grad. I don't want to be Kevin Kiefer, St. Mary's dropout or Bradford High School flunky. I want to be Kevin Kiefer, Purdue grad. And I know that we feel the same way, you guys, spiritually, don't we? Who wants to dwell in the past when we have so much that God has invited us into now? So much to enjoy, such a hopeful future in front of us. And I know for those of us that have been at this church in particular, or a church like ours for a while, then you know that we emphasize, we don't want to spend all of our time looking backwards, right? Uh, and focusing on the things that we've been saved from. We want to think about the things that we've been saved to. Right? We want to think about what did the did the the resurrection of Christ accomplish? What are we moving towards at this point? We don't think of ourselves primarily as sinners who are saved by grace, as if being you know the hallmark of our identity is that we're a sinner that just barely got through, but for the grace of God. No, instead of that, we want to embrace the finished work of the cross. We want to proclaim that He has risen. He has risen indeed, and that all things have become new for you and I. But I want to tell us, you guys, that we pay a very dear price if we forget our roots and if we forget where we've come from. And the price that we pay is that we miss the glory of the resurrection. We miss the opportunity to stand in awe and gratitude and shock at who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. We will miss that if we don't remember where we came from, which is why God calls us always to remember, remember, remember. And I know that if you, there are a few lucky ones in here, and I, I don't actually think it's luck. I think it's just the grace of the God, of God. But there are a few of us in here and you were raised in a Christian home and you don't remember a time where God wasn't in your life. But I tell you this, I know one thing for sure. I know that you remember a time when you turned your back on him. I know there was a time in your life, whether you were born into a Christian home or not, where you turned your back on Jesus and you were not walking with him and you were not trusting in him and you were not uh, obeying him. And even in that moment, when you had turned your back on Jesus and you weren't pursuing him, you were pursuing ungodly things in that season, even there the grace of God was all over you. Even there, the mercy and the love and the kindness of God, the Holy Spirit never left your side for a moment, even in your darkest days. That's what the cross has done for us. That's what we're celebrating today is that whether we've been a Christian our whole lives or there was a time where we weren't walking, this blood of Jesus is for us. And it's sort of in that that vein. It's not at all surprising that when Jesus, uh, when, when he orchestrated the events for him to go and to be crucified on the cross and to be risen again from the dead, you know that he orchestrated this to happen during the Passover festival. Right, and Passover, of course, was the celebration of Israel. The celebration that the Jews celebrated was the the highlight of the of their year, and it was the time where they celebrated that God redeemed Israel from enslavement to Egypt. Right, it was the time in Israel's history where they were held captive for four hundred years. That's like one hundred thirty years longer than we've been a country. And God sent Moses to Pharaoh, right? And he, and he sent Moses to say, let my people go. Let let the captives free. And uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And so God sent seven plagues, right? You guys remember these? Seven plagues, each one in an effort to convince Pharaoh to let the captives go free, to let his people go free. And Pharaoh hardened his heart until finally there was that last uh, plague. And you know that what this plague was. God finally said, if you do not let my people go, I am going to kill the firstborn of every person in Egypt unless they have the blood of the lamb painted on the door frames of their house. And if you have the blood of the lamb painted on the door frames of your house, the angel of death will pass on by. Right? And so think about this. What what Jesus was celebrating, what the Israelites were celebrating was the celebration where God rescued his people who were enslaved with no hope and no help. And then God shows up and he sets them free by the blood of the lamb. And it's in this context that Jesus gets himself to the cross. And so Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 15 says this, remember, and he's talking to the Israelites and he's talking to you and I today. He says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt, or you were slaves in Palatine, or Inverness, or Barrington, or wherever it is that you grew up, you once were slaves, and the Lord your God redeemed you. And that is why I give you this command today, remember that you were slaves, do not forget where you came from, do not forget what I have done for you. And so this was the week that Jesus came to be crucified. And today, as we celebrate Easter Sunday, as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday of our being reunited to God, because we are united with Christ, we now proclaim and claim that blood of the lamb, that shed blood. We claim it for ourselves. And so Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter two. And again, I just want you to sink your hearts and your minds into these scriptures because they're the most important part. Paul says this, and I want it to speak right to you. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in the ways uh, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who's the ruler of the kingdom of the air? You guys know the devil, Satan, the enemy of God, all of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts and as I was pondering this you guys I remember my life and I remember craving and following hard after those sinful desires I don't know if you've ever done that I have I have gone after things that are so ungodly so evil But he says, and here's, oh, here, uh, the last bit. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, you and me. But here's the turning point. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up. Isn't this amazing? God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in that heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, and we're living in one of those, in order that in the coming ages, he might show his, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And so Paul says, you and I, we were dead. We were dead. We followed not God, but we followed the enemy of God. We lived only to satisfy our sinful desires. And I know that I have for sure. Have you ever looked at someone in your life and they were just a mess? Have you ever seen someone in your life, someone that you knew, maybe it was someone that you didn't know very well there on the street or someone you heard about, and you just thought they have destroyed their life? What a wreck that person is. I am so glad that I am not like that person. I just want to tell you guys that there was a time in our lives when you and I were the ones to be pitied. There's a time in our lives when you and I were the complete mess, when we were so very lost that we were dizzy and we were drunk with our own squalor and our own folly. And I, I, I'm i not trying to, to preach a downer here, but I want us to know where we once were. And I know that some of us are in touch with that feeling. And if you have never, if you have never felt the pain of your own brokenness, if you've never felt the pinch of your frailty, if you've never felt that gap between who you want to be and who God wants you to be and who you really are, I have to just tell you that you're you're missing it. You're probably living in denial. To be honest with you, but then at the resurrection of the son of God, God took your life and he took my life and we went from being alienated from God and we went from being alienated from each other and even alienated from ourselves, uh, cursing ourselves and being, uh, you know, so condemning of ourselves. We went from that to being Rich in God's love, poured into with his mercy and his grace. And God even took us and he seated us in the heavenly places with Jesus. At the resurrection, we became united with Christ and reunited with God. And so we must never, ever, ever forget where we've come from. And I know that for many of us, we have celebrated Easter for so long that this story can seem like a story of the past, but it can never become that. It can never be something that happened a long time ago. We need to keep this resurrection story and this transformation story fresh and front and center in our hearts and in our minds. So I want to ask you, where were you before Christ? Where were you? before Jesus came along in your life, who were you before Christ? What, what did you put your hope in before Jesus entered your life? You know what my hope was in? My hope was in tennis and girls. And I wasn't even very good at either one of them. That's what my hope was in. It was so stupid. I was headed nowhere. I just remember having no hope and having no future. And I just want to tell you that some of you guys might have been better put together than I was before you received Christ. And I might have even looked at you and said, man, I I admire you. I admire that person that seems like they've got everything going on. But in Isaiah 64, 6, it says this, we are all infected and impure with sin. And even when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. That's you and I. That was us before Christ rescued us. That was the you before you were saved from your bondage. And that was a you that desperately needed Jesus to save you. And so it's only, church, I believe, when we get in touch with our history, when we get in touch with our roots that we can fully appreciate, and maybe we'll never fully appreciate it, but more fully appreciate the cross and more fully appreciate the resurrection of Jesus. And so this is actually how I want to challenge you to show up on Easter Sunday. I I don't want us to just show up with eyes to see what Jesus has done. I want us to show up in one hand, seeing what Jesus has done, and at the other hand, to see where we've come from, to see what we've been saved from, because then we will be able to see the whole story clearly. And only then will we be able to see it all clearly. And when we see things clearly, then the scripture becomes alive to us. I'm going to give you one more big scripture. Colossians chapter one, verse 19. Paul writes, for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, Jesus And through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God. You were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death To what? To present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Listen to this. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This reunion is what we're celebrating today and this church is the gospel and it's actually in the gospel that I want to finish today. I want to talk about the gospel and I want I want to invite you guys, this is our time of application and I want to invite you to do something that I don't think you've ever done on an Easter Sunday before. I don't think you've ever done this exercise and it's actually something that I did this week and it edified me so much, okay? But here's what I want to do. I want I want you to do something and I know that it will make Resurrection Sunday more meaningful to you. I know it will bring you closer to the heat and the power of the resurrection of Christ and it'll make you more able to grasp and appreciate what Jesus did. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take 15 minutes 15 minutes later today could be right after church. It could be before or after dinner tonight. It could be right before you go to bed. And if need be, it can even be later on this week. But what I want you to do is I want you to write an email to me. I want you to email me. And what I want you to do is I want you to tell me about what your life was like before Christ. I want you to write a paragraph to me and I want you to tell me what your life was like before Jesus? Who were you? What did you live for? What did you put your hope into? How did you feel then? What were your relationships like? I want you to tell me your before story. And I could tell you how I felt before Jesus came into my life. I felt defeated. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I really did. Those were the hallmarks of my life. And so I want you to write a paragraph for me and I want you to tell me what was your life like before Christ entered your life. But then the resurrection comes, right? And we've encountered and experienced Jesus. Jesus came and he died for us and he rose from the grave for us and he gave us his blood and he covered us with it and he gave us newness of life. And so I want you to write a second paragraph to to me and now I want you to tell me what has Christ done in your life. What has Christ done in you? What is the hope that you have today? What is the purpose that Jesus has given you? What healing have you received? What intimate connection have you received? How has your human relationships been bolstered and strengthened and renewed because of what Jesus did? I want you to tell me your transformation story. I want you to share with me the message of your life. And the reason why we do this is because it'll bring us so close to the resurrection glory that exists around us. But also this is the gospel, isn't it? This is the gospel. You're gonna write the gospel to me and I'm gonna be overjoyed in reading it. And that is so important because of what it'll do in us. But there's another reason why it'll be so important for us to do this. And it's this. Do you realize that there are people in your life that, um, you will be the only gospel that they have. You will be the only gospel that they have. There are people in your life and they will not come to church and they will not crack open a Gideon's Bible. They won't listen to worship on, uh, you know, on Apple Music. They won't turn on Steve, Stephen Furtick on their, you know, YouTube channel. They won't do any of those things. The only gospel that they have is you. It's just you. And you may have kind of forgotten where you came from, but now they have you. And that's why this resurrection story needs to be so front and center. They won't know that Jesus is real. They won't know that he died and rose from the dead. And they won't know that there's a living testimony of the power of the gospel sitting right next to them, but you know. And so maybe it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's a parent, it could be a coworker. it could be someone that you sit next to at your kids' games, it could be someone that you walk with over the summertime, but there is someone that needs to hear the gospel and you are the living, breathing gospel before them. And so this is what I want to encourage you to do today. This is your application. So if you would be so bold as to write me your before story and your after story, the gospel story of your life. And then I just want to bless you and encourage you to manifest this resurrection story that you have, that you carry, your transformation story. So let's not forget where we came from. Instead, let's remember it and let's allow our past to shine a glorious light on the on the on the, the beauty of the cross and the joy of resurrection power that God has given us, because He has reunited us to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit, and he's reunited us to one another. Amen? All right, why don't we stand up? Let's just um, incline our, our hearts and our spirits to Jesus right now. And I, I first of all, want to speak to um, anyone in this room or anyone uh, listening, whether you're on YouTube or you're on um, Facebook, but I I, I just want to make this obvious um, invitation to receive the gospel, to receive the invitation to experience newness of life. There is no one that doesn't have a broken past. There is no one that, that can claim to be holy before God. There's no one that can claim to have their whole life put together. But here's what we do claim. We claim that Jesus died and rose from the dead in fulfillment of all of those prophecies that were made about him. And many people saw Jesus after he had risen from the dead. No scholar debates any of this, really. The testimonies are true. And so I just invite you that if you want to experience hope in your life, if you want to experience peace in your life, it can only begin with a relationship with Jesus. And so I just invite you to to just cry out to Jesus and ask him to come and to be in your life. I just invite you to to make a commitment to begin to follow him, to begin to pursue connection with Jesus. And for those of us that have been walking in the Lord for a really long time, I know that many of us have forgotten our past. And because we've forgotten our past, it's diminished the glory of the resurrection. And so together, Lord, as longtime followers, we just we just proclaim your absolute stunning grace. And we just thank you and we cry out for it again, Lord. We say, Lord, I was the one that needed your grace. I was the one that needed your healing power. I was the one that needed your mercy. I was lost. And I couldn't fix myself. And I couldn't find the way without you. I was without hope and a future. Where would I be without you, Lord? And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make the resurrection story alive for us again today. I pray that you would make our transformation story come alive for us again today. And Lord, I I just pray for a courage and a vision that each of us could become the gospel. That we could begin to share our transformation stories with people that are in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that you would receive the greatest glory, the highest glory, the highest praise, Lord Jesus. We worship you.